Welcome to the life of Christ. This is lesson 5. We're going back to Luke chapter 2. I'm going to be reading from verse 25 and then move forward from there. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, I'm in Luke chapter 2 verse 31, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, verse 32. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel, verse 33. And Joseph and his uh, mother marveled, that's uh, Jesus' mother, marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Let me just stop there just for a minute. And it's very interesting, it says, and Joseph and his mother. I, I, just to think, why didn't he say, and his father and his mother? Because God was his father. And it's very interesting, over and over again, that that is going to come up in time to come as well. Okay? So it's important that every word written down, and the way it's written, has purpose behind it. Amen? And so it reminds us that Jesus Christ, Father, was God. Right from the beginning. Amen. And so again it says in verse 33, And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign which will be spoken against. Verse 35, Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Remember again we talked about all of this. This is talking about the crucifixion. That the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Chuck Swindle writes, In other words, this boy has a very special purpose. And as he pursues his call, the destiny of each person who encounters him will be unveiled for all to see. This surely was the case with the rich young ruler, who following his meeting with Jesus would come to realize that he could not turn loose of his wealth, despite his boast of being able to keep all the law. And that was a very... Um, that was just one of many cases. A lot of times, you know, we think we can do certain things and we make God all these promises. Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay. Now, Lord, if you get me out of this, then I'll promise I'll do this and I'll go to church every week. I'll get up one hour early and pray. And, you know, all that happens for about three days. And then there's no resurrection after that. <laughs> it just dies and stays dead. No? Okay. Also, we have the Roman centurion. Now he was a different case, who would be revealed to have great faith, unlike that of anyone in the nation of Israel. Now that is tremendous. So Jesus saw through people. He saw those ones that thought they could do things and really couldn't. He saw the people that really did believe and weren't even a part of Israel and all its covenant, but was still a believer. And I think it's an amazing thing that he says about the Roman centurion, all of which we'll look at as we're looking at the life of Jesus, needless to say, when he says, I haven't found faith like this in the whole of Israel. All of its people, all of its leaders, nobody has faith like this. Amen? That's a huge thing. 
And I think maybe it's something that maybe we should be confessing over ourselves. Amen? That we have great faith. Sometimes we, you know, we beat around the bush and we want to receive things that are branches. Some days it's good to just go to the root. You had great faith. What can't you do? Just a thought. Or then there was the woman at the well who had her life changed by the one who could offer her living water. Again, we're going to see that. And uh, love that story as well. You know, the way Jesus just casually in conversation says, so where's your husband? Go and get him. And he goes, she goes, uh, I don't have one. She, he said, yeah, you don't. You had a whole bunch of them and now the one you were living with isn't your husband. Amen. <laughs> okay? So Jesus is able to constantly see right through people. That's why it says that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. That's back in Luke 2.35. Amen? But on a more serious note, John MacArthur also points out that the rejection of the Messiah would reveal the appalling truth about the apostate state of the Jews. And therefore, the thoughts of many hearts would indeed be revealed for all to see. And even worse, recorded in Scripture for all eternity. The rejection of the Messiah showed out Israel for what it had become at the end. It's really sad because it was meant to be the nation that would lead the way. Amen? That would literally show people the salvation of God. And that was what their job was. It was to save people. It wasn't to say, we're so great and you're so useless. And you stand over there in awe of us. But don't touch us please because we don't want to be unclean. Are you all with me? Amen? And, you know, and that's, the, that's the whole thing. And we need to be sca- careful today that the church isn't doing that. Let's bring it home, shall we? Okay, that we don't get into our little clubs and we don't want to touch that unclean thing. Sweetheart, you make things clean. Things don't make you unclean. Do you hear what I'm saying? You, have, you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You are carrying power with you. You need something to be cleaned, you touch it. It should be backing away from you. Do you hear what I'm saying? It should never be the other way. And I think Christians today are so squeamish. And you know, you see it in the form of religion. Oh, I'm not going there because that's an unclean thing and I'm not going to do this. And you know, there is a place for wisdom. I agree. There are some things that you know, you shouldn't be anywhere close to. But there are other things that you need to be there to make a difference. But you need to understand where your strengths are. Can I say that again? I'm preaching today a little bit, never mind. You need to know, I've been teaching you so much in the last couple of weeks. So I want to preach a little bit to you. Is that okay? Alright? You need to know where your strengths are. You need to know when you are meant to be somewhere, when you can manage it. And please be honest, know when you can't. Know when to back off. Amen? Let's move on. Luke chapter 2, as remarkable as Simeon was, so was the prophetess Anna. But before we look at her, it is interesting to note that Luke, unlike any of the other Gospels, always treated men and women, Jew and Gentile, equally. Praise God. Amen? Now, Kenneth E. Bailey writes, I love this, please listen to this. This is, hopefully it will bless you as much as it blessed me. He says, throughout his Gospel, Luke emphasizes a remarkable aspect of Jesus' life. In the stories Luke chooses to tell, he makes it clear that this Savior came for both women and men. A careful examination of the book of Luke 
unearths at least 27 sets of stories that focus in one case on a man and in the other on a woman. Among these is the parable of the good shepherd with a lost sheep and the parable of a good woman with a lost coin. The first story emerges from the world of men and the second from the life experience of women. Then there are the two stories of the farmer who plants a mustard seed in his garden and the woman who kneads some yeast into her bread dough. Again, the text represents one story from the life experiences of men and a second from the daily life of women. That's very important to make note of. I thank God for Luke because he he records some things that I think are extraordinary. Now, we need all the Gospels, you understand. I I, I mean... (laughs) I love them all, you know, but I appreciate Luke for what he did. I appreciate Matthew for what he did. Each one had a purpose. You know, when I was, when I was actually studying this, and I, I, at one stage I thought, well, why don't I just take up one of the Gospels? You know, like one, one of my preacher friends said, you know, when he got saved, somebody said, well, go read the New Testament. So, you know, he, wrote, he read Matthew. And when he got to Mark, he thought, okay, we're going to continue where Matthew left off. And he said it started all over again. And you thought, oh, I don't know, okay, just read through this one, hurry up, because Mark's fairly fast, you know. And so he thought, all right, finally got through Mark, you know, we get to Luke now, it'll pick up where we left off. No, we started again. And he said, I don't know what turns him on about this. It's the same story, man, over and over again. Went to John, and he said he never got past John, because he started again. (laughs) And so... (laughs) So when I was first looking all of this up, and I, you know, I, I looked at the book of Luke and you know, Matthew, Mark, and John, and I was just thinking, which way do we go? And the more I studied them, the more I began to realize that each had a unique perspective. Each had a purpose for every story they told, and every incident they recorded had a purpose. And I thought, if I'm going to take up one of the Gospels, then you are going to miss three quarters of what is being said. Do you hear what I'm saying? That's when I began to realize how important it was to do all of the Gospels and cover every single verse of every Gospel. And when we get to certain places when we'll have overlaps, where the same story is told by two Gospels, I will include all the differences of one in the other. So that in essence you would have read through both accounts as we go through it and got the insight and the revelation from everything in there. Do you understand? So that by the end, you will know all four Gospels. Hallelujah. And that's the only way we can get the full picture of what happened with Jesus. His life. His ministry. Amen? So that's, that's why it's taking us so long to get through this. It would have been quicker if I just did one Gospel. But you know what? I want to know the whole truth. I don't want to miss anything. Here in the Gospel of Luke, we find one of the gems about this Gospel is that it doesn't look at Jew and Gentile. It doesn't look at men and women. So it shows us, while the other Gospels don't record parables that Jesus told about women, Luke does. So we get a different perspective of Jesus. We understand now, He actually told parables that included women in them. Amen? So nobody can point to Jesus and say, Oh, you know, He, he was against women and blah, 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 blah. Well, there you go. He told stories, I mean, one after the other, side by side. So I praise God for that. I thank Him for that. And I want you to know that that's how 
he ministered. Amen? So that we don't get just one view. Why did the other... I know the question is now coming in your mind, why did the other ones leave out illustrations that had women in them? Because they weren't written to a Gentile group. They were written to Jews. You know what? As soon as a Jew sees a woman, he switches off. Do you understand? So if the Jews are reading... Remember, Matthew was hitting Jews right between the eyeballs. <laughs> Just so you know, okay? He was a tax collector, and he knew how the Jews were hypocritical and everything else. And so he let them have it. And so he wasn't going to put one parable in there with a the woman, because the Jew would look at that and go, Oh, it's a woman, sorry, I don't want to know about it. So, <laughs> so he captured their attention and kept it all the way to the end. And said, by the way, you murdered your Messiah. Are you all with me? So, you know, okay, I need you to know that. So you realize that they were all heroes in their own right. Let's get back to this now. Let's go and look at Anna. Amazing woman. So Luke now goes on to say, Luke chapter 2, verses 36 to 38. I'm going to go through this slowly because there's so much here. And uh, just been like train on tracks the last couple of lessons. It says, now there was one, Anna, a prophetess. Now, I've underlined that because if the Bible calls her a prophetess, she's a prophetess. Alright, and since Luke identifies her as a prophetess, she must have been a genuine prophet. And one of the first to emerge following 400 years of silence. So that's a big deal. Okay, remember there's nobody has come in the land speaking God's word. Suddenly there's Simeon, there's Anna. Amen? Amazing, isn't it? No matter how bad it gets, it shouldn't affect your relationship with God. When people are always, you know, uh, always complaining and, and, and saying, oh, it's the fault of this and the fault of that, I'm the way I am. Sweetheart, the way you are, look in the mirror. That's, that's the only person you can blame. Amen? You are the way you are because you want to be that way. Now, there are circumstances and external things that come at us, Alright? But you know what? We always have the choice to rise above. We have that choice. Do you hear what I'm saying? I know of stories of people that... I could tell you some horrendous stories. I'll tell you one horrendous story. Because, you know, sometimes we, we, know we can only imagine as far as we can imagine. And I'm sure this isn't even the worst of them. This lady was teaching people how to... Christian, alright? And she was teaching... Um, young children in, in third world countries, giving them an education. She took all the, all the kids that the, the government said were just the no-hopers. Do you understand? Okay? And so she took them on. You know, she said, I know what the Bible says. Let's, let's prove it now. And so she took them on and she started teaching them and teaching them and changed their perspective on how they thought about themselves. And she said at one point in time, you know, there was, they're waiting on this one girl and she came in the class and, you know, she was kind of just, she noticed that she had a bit of blood running down her leg and she thought, well, you know, it might be that time of the month, you know what I'm saying. And so, and this girl sat down and boy, she just sat and she just studied and, and just everything that she said just took it all in. And so after the class, this lady went up to her and said, um, just quietly had a word to her and said, is, that, is it your time of the month? And you know, she said, no. She said, I was raped on the way here. But she said, I didn't want that to get in the way of the education that I'm getting here. So she said, I got up and I came. 
And they were like, Do you, don't you need counseling? Don't you need help? She said, no, I just need to learn. Now there are so many stories like that. So you can't tell me that, oh, I am like this because there are people out there that are going through horrendous things in their life. And you know what? They won't let it get in the way of where God has destined for them to be. Amen? And I think we need to learn from that. So we're back to the prophetess Anna. So it says, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. Now briefly, and I've got this in your notes, Asher was the second son of Leah's maid, Zilpah, Jacob's eighth son. Okay? And a part of the so-called lost ten tribes of Israel. Obviously they weren't that lost because there's one here. Alright? <laughs> she, <laughs> she was of a great age and had lived with her husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple. Now watch this. But serve God with fastings and prayers night and day. Boy, that's dedication for you. From the time that her husband died, she's in the temple. And she's been there so long. And every day, night and day, she's in prayer and fasting. Obviously, God's going to let her know when something bigs up. And I can tell you this much as well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if part of the reason all of this was happening was because... See, nothing happens without prayer. Can I just say that? Nothing happens without prayer. And the more we pray, the more we open doors for things to happen. Do you understand? Sometimes you don't see what happens. And that's the reason why the Bible says that we need to walk by faith, not by sight. Because sometimes we pray for things and we don't realize what's actually going on. Because we don't see it. Some days you just want to be able to pray and you know the water bottle floats off the table. And then you go, oh yeah, that worked. <laughs> okay, But we don't get that. You know, it might take a couple of weeks and somebody goes, Oh, by the way, thanks for praying for me about this. That actually happened. And you're thinking to yourself, And only now you're telling me? <laughs> I mean, who's been there? Uh, come on now, be honest, right? You know, you pray with, your, all, with all your heart. And, and you know what? What's interesting is, those people believe that it was going to happen and it happened. Now, I pray and I believe I receive. Do you know what I'm trying to say? But it's one thing for me to believe like that, and it's another thing for me to know that that actually worked for you, because I don't know where you're at. And I don't know if I need to pray again. And, you know, some people say, Oh, you can't pray twice. Yeah, if the first one was in unbelief, then you better pray twice. So anyway, let's... <laughs> okay, so this woman served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Hendrickson says that this marks her as a woman who did not think highly of herself, was concerned about others, about God's kingdom, Israel's hope, and so on, and remembered all these matters in prayer. Did you get that? So this is a person that totally gave herself to praying God's will. Amen? And wanted to know what God needed in this earth. There are people today, family, that's their concern. They say, God, what do you want? While other Christians are saying, God, I wanted this, and I wanted that, and I wanted that, and I want it by Friday. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>? <laughs> Some days, you know, you've got to pay bills, though, don't get me wrong. There are those times as well, that's fine. But, you know, there are others that they're looking and saying, God, what do you need? What do you need to happen right now? I think God's looking for people like that. That want His agenda. And you know what? You seek first His kingdom, 
you're getting this, everything else gets fixed automatically. I have seen that happen. It's happened to me. Okay? First-hand experiences. All right? It's amazing how, you know, what one thing that I thought was absolutely impossible, and God said, you just do what I asked you to do, I'll look after it. And He did. And I thought, I couldn't have fixed that if I tried. Isn't that amazing? It's something, just, it was huge. It was, you know, sometimes you make a bad investment or do something stupid. And you think, why did I do that? And then you can't get rid of the thing until God gets rid of it. Amen. Amen. So, moving on. Leon Morris adds that her practice of fastings and prayers night and day also points to a very disciplined life. A very disciplined life. Those are like almost dirty words today for a Christian. Okay? Disciplined life. Ew. We need to be disciplined. Now, let me, that doesn't mean you become religious. And can I just say this? Different people work differently. Alright? Some people like routine. Some people hate routine. Alright? Some people, if they didn't have a routine, they would fall apart. Some people, if they had a routine, they would fall apart. <laughs> I'm just telling you, because we're different. People are different. Alright? And, and, and the more I learn about people, and the more I study on the human brain and, and the way it works and the way people are so different, I begin to realize God has created us all very, very differently. And we need to understand where we all stand. Do you understand? And we need to understand that how God made you is perfect. You may not be walking in your full potential, but you're perfect. The reason you might not be walking in your full potential is you're trying to be like somebody else. You can't walk in their full potential. Because that's them. You have to be you. Amen? And you need to understand <coughs> that discipline means different things to different people. If you need to be disciplined in a certain way, if you need to say, okay God, for me discipline means, you know, I get up, I do this at this time, this at this time, this at this time, this at this time. If I don't do that, then I won't get them done. Then you need to be that way. Alright? If on the other hand, you say, Dear Lord, if I do that, after about three days, I won't want to do anything. Every time I think about it, all I can think of is my list, and I don't want to do my list. You're not built that way. You're built a different way. You need to go, and you need to say, Okay, God, there are things that are important. What are they today? What's my list today? And God says, Today your list is this, this. He knows you. He built you. He knows what you need. Amen? And so you do that. And don't preach that to everybody. Because that's you. Each one needs to find their own place. This was her discipline. Fasting day and night. Praying all the time. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now if everybody did that, crops wouldn't be grown. Hello. Water wouldn't be running. Because everybody was praying. Nobody went out and did a job. Are you all here? Let's move on. Verse... 38. And coming in that instant, watch this. Coming in that instant. Anna was a prophetess. She had prophetic vision and insight. She knew the very moment that Mary and Joseph were going to be at the temple and why she came in that instant. God would have said, Get up and go. That tells us something. Anna didn't say, Oh, but Lord, I'm in the middle of my prayer time. <laughs> Do you understand? She didn't say that. She goes, woohoo, time to go. Something good's happening. 
Amen. Listen, man, when you're praying and when, say, when God says go, don't tell him, wait, time to go. Get up and go. Amen. There's a time to pray, there's a time to go. Don't go when you're meant to be praying and don't pray when you're meant to be going. Don't get it mixed up. All right. <laughs> Just saying. Moving on. So the very moment that Mary and Joseph were going to be at the temple, she knew she goes in at that very instant. And not only joined them, but heard everything Simeon said. And when he finished, she gave thanks to the Lord, because she heard what he said. Who else was there? Where's all the priests? Where are all the big muckety-mucks? That, <laughs> that are meant to know that the Messiah is coming and we've been studying the law for so long that we, we should have known everything and we don't know anything. Where is all these people? Where are the people that are going to say to the king, Herod, when he says, so what about this child? Well, let me tell you, here it is. He's going to be born here. You want to go kill him? He's going to be there. We'll see that soon. Anyway, moving on here. And she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him. Of who? The Lord. To all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. I like the way that is worded. They weren't just looking for the Messiah. They were looking for redemption. They needed to be redeemed back to God. There had been a separation for so long. Ever since the sin of Adam and Eve, separation came, and this is the long-awaited redemption. And who did she speak to? All those who were like-spirited, eagerly awaiting, or waiting for the coming Messiah, and the deliverance to be affected by that Messiah. Amen? So they were, remember, some were really waiting, and some were dreading this time. Remember, he was going to be two things. Remember back again? It said in Luke um, 2 and in verse 34, it says, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel. Remember that? See, some were, were dreading the time the Messiah was going to come because they had their religion going really well now. They were milking the people, they were getting away with murder, and suddenly comes the Messiah. He's going to reveal hearts. He's going to just absolutely let everybody know what these people are really like. He's going to turn on Matthew so much that he's going to leave his tax collecting and say, Finally, somebody that's not hypocritical. I reckon Matthew's sitting there thinking, Those bunch of Pharisees and Sadducees are more hypocritical than I am. At least I do it honestly. I rob people honestly. There's such a thing. Those people rob him in the name of God. <laughs> do you understand? Tell you what, man. That's, that's bad. Alright. So, among other things... What this shows us is that there is work to do. Even for those who are far along in years. Let me stop there for a minute. There shouldn't be anybody that can't do something for God. You know, and I didn't say, well, I'm old now. I'm not like a little spring chicken. I can't do much, you know. Do you hear what I'm saying? This is for the youth, for the young ones. You go out there and do your thing. There's no retirement in the kingdom of God. <laughs> Amen? Doesn't matter how old you are, you can do something. It's your decision whether you do or not. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Anna spent her time in prayer, praise, and now proclamation. That is, speaking and proclaiming to all those like her, who are eagerly waiting for God's salvation and deliverance. What a blessed way to spend your final years. Verse 39. So when they had performed all these things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. 
Now, we're going to leave it here. Although Luke rounds this part of his narrative with the return um, of Joseph and Mary to Nazareth, he does leave room for Matthew's account of the coming of the wise men, the flight to Egypt, and the slaughter of the innocents. So that's what we're going to look at in the next session. Take a break.